This is the Nona.fm Meet the Candidates podcast, an unbiased conversation with a candidate for a local political office. This is a free public service of Nona.fm. Thank you very much. Jeffrey Boone is uh, joining us here at Nona.fm. You're running for House of Representatives, District 10, U.S. House of Representatives. That seat right now held by Val Demings, who is seeking a Senate seat. She's been there since 2017. And you've got a primary coming up, uh, August 23rd, sorry. And you have 10 contenders that uh, I think are now validated. And uh, on the, and you got some uh, some folks that have they've been around the political landscape in Florida. Kareem Brown, Alan Grayson. So you definitely have your, um, you, you got your work cut out for you. I will say that. Uh, I So I'm, I'm excited to talk to you because that, it seems like you're taking on a big uh, challenge, and, and I love that. So, so tell me. What inspired you to run for office? Well, I've been in politics. I majored in economics as well as political science at Colgate University. And I'd been a student government president of three academic institutions, including Colgate University, my high school in the Bronx, New York. Uh, And then I served in a community planning board as a mayoral appointee for uh, New York City. David Dink is the first African-American mayor, appointed me to the community planning board for Manhattan. So I have that experience in terms of community planning and building and seeing a lot of development that we had take place in Harlem. Uh, I moved down here in 1999, end of 1999, beginning of 2000. We've been here 22 years, uh, my wife and I. So I have over really 32 years of experience as a husband, a father, a financial executive, and a community coach. Uh, I've worked in banking when I started my career at Federal Reserve and worked at Chase Bank and then also American Express. And I've been a corporate treasurer down here. So I understand money in banking, understand finance, understand economic solutions that can be vital and an asset to our community's economic development, prosperity, as well as addressing people's kitchen table concerns. Because right now, there are a lot of kitchen table concerns. I also got sick and tired of seeing Democrats get pushed around. I didn't like seeing us on the wrong side of, of the issue with defund the police. I'm not in favor of defund the police. I'm actually focused on abortion, con- abortion rights and gun control, uh, kitchen cable concerns. Right now, inside of people's homes, they can't, can't, can't basically decide between groceries and, and, and gasoline, can't afford health care and housing, searching for baby formula on the shelves. Those are concerns that need to be addressed right now. At the national level, we need to codify codify a woman's right to choose, make sure that she has complete control of her body from cradle to grave the same way that a man does. And and so that's what's important there. Monitoring the gun control legislation we just passed to see if it's sufficient, and hopefully it is, because if it isn't, that means that we've had a, a, another episode, which we won't, we don't want. You know, we just saw it sure. on the 4th of July. So <laughs> yeah. a lot of those things just motivated me to, uh, seeing – politicians that are all or nothing, you know, you got far left, far right, 80% of us are really in the middle, but we can't get anything done because an extreme right or left, they go home, it's their their way of the highway. Uh, also dissatisfied with seeing politicians not deliver, some being on the wrong side of gun control that are in this race right now. Also concerned <clears throat> about inexperience of some candidates as well, too. And then also they're, they're taking a lot of funding from out of state and they're being beholden to out of state funders as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sort of inexperience. So this, this election is too important uh, just to leave the chance as well as it's a bit of a clown show. As you said, 10, 10 people is a Ted ring circus though. So we can <laughs> pretty much acknowledge that. And that's just on uh, the Democrat side. I think there's six. On right. The Republican and side. we've got six on the Republican side as well too. Yep. So, so I mean, the district does deserve better in terms of a more focused campaign. 
Um, I'm a newcomer, um, but I also represent everyday people, everyday people that have really just gotten sick and tired of just really uh, not seeing results being produced, though. And uh, in terms of being representing everyday people, I have that experience over 30 years and being able to apply it. And also, I think I'm the best person for that job and being able to be able to address the kitchen cable concerns. So and, and I may have missed it when you were working through, you know, explaining, you know, telling your history, which is mm-hmm. a fantastic job. But have you held office in Florida, elected office? in Florida? No, no. Gotcha. And I've actually established several. Uh, programs that were nonprofit for youth football and cheerleading, as well as an AU basketball program. So I worked, served as a community coach. My kids were involved in football and basketball, and it was the greatest experience that I had was actually uh, not really from the nine to five. It was really the six to nine uh, as, as, a, as a volunteer coach and working with uh, plenty of families. There were two tours of duty, though, from taking the kids from seven to 17. That's really from crayons to cologne. Hey, uh, I, love that. <laughs> I love that line. That is fantastic. All right. So, so you've been in Florida uh, since 1999, mm-hmm. and, and I often joke that, you know, as you're pushing near that 25-year mark, you really should be an adopted native to Florida because there's so few natives here in Florida. I've been here 35 years, so I can, I can relate. But you've seen a lot change in Florida. Yeah. And, and, <clears throat> and locally, what, what things do you see that need to be corrected? I know we've talked a lot about the national level. But what locally needs to be addressed and as our representative in Washington? Well, we, right now we do have a housing problem. Um, and what we need to do is find ways that we can bring groups together between developers and renters. Uh, finding a happy medium in terms of rent increases uh, for when a property turns over, as well as rent increases for when a tenant decides to stay and renew for another lease. And what they should be and come to some type of happy medium there where the rent is not so ridiculously high that no one can afford it. And right now we do have a shortage. But at the same time, part of the shortage is a lack of supply. And if we certainly find ways to if we find ways that we're going to choke off supply because we're having uh, rent freezes and so forth, then it's going to cut, cut off development. When you cut off development, right. you're back to losing supply as well, too. So we need to find ways we can increase supply uh, and at the federal level uh, for a home ownership. Uh, more make it, make it more readily available, easily accessible for FHA loans, first-time home buyers as well too, and then also giving tax breaks to renters for income-sensitive leases, uh, similar to like Section Eight and so forth. Though, but they also expand that 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 band where you have to make a minimum of say maybe fifteen is a maximum of no more than sixteen and a half. Yeah. So it's gonna you know expand a little bit more though. Uh, to be able to bring more people into that, and if you could apply, provide more ways to provi- provide more supply, which so, is important as well. Right. So, so to make those programs more realistic. That that's correct. Right. More realistic and and more uh, uh, achievable for people, uh, where you know they just look at it, just become discouraged because they can't get it, and then when you finally have the right income to meet to meet the criteria, there's no supply. Then when there's supply, you don't have the, you know, it's, it's, the timing is very important. Absolutely. I, I look at that, though. I also look at uneven economic development within our district, though, uh, even in some of the areas uh, where you've got Paramore as a food desert. And I talked about that during our West 2 debate as well, too, if you get a chance to watch it uh, uh, with the candidates. And, and it's, it, it's tape delayed, and we're waiting for it to come out, though. But I did address it with one of the candidates as well directly. Uh, in terms of a lack of development over the 10 years that a person has been in office, though. I mean, not as much as a Walmart, a, a Target, a, a Publix, though. 
And sometimes you just really lack the business acumen to be able to talk to business and attract business to come there and and, and, and um, invest. Because we do have very attractive tax incentives for businesses, not just to relocate here from other states, but also within the state to open up other other operations, though, and to be able to hire people locally too. bring those jobs to Paramore for local people as well to hire them. It, it would help with the food. It would help with jobs mm-hmm. and, and taking advantage of the tax benefits. So they get the benefit of, of, of opening a location. They also get the other tax benefit of hiring local residents, too. Um, but so that, that the uneven development and you see. Uh, major development in some areas, and in other areas, it's just been stagnant. It's been none, and then, and, and then some. You know, just being honest, uh, you know, we have concerns in terms of safety, and so making sure that we have we can bring the bring the crime levels down as well too, because that will help interest in development. And I've seen that in Harlem, New York, where I grew up, uh, and and now there's a, you know it's a place that that's thriving uh, economically, and, and those areas deserve more. Oh, yeah. Over the last ten years, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I've lived here, like I say, thirty-five years, mm-hmm. and and I've just, you know, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of promises, but promises weren't kept. And, and you, that, you need to be able to um, bring politics and economics together, and I want to be able to utilize my background in finance and economics to help bring the public and the private sector together to collaborate to help educate, train, employ, and house our community members. You're listening to the Nona.fm Meet the Candidates podcast. If you're a registered candidate in a local political race, we invite you to join the conversation. Please reach out to Gabby at Nona.fm at 407-553-NONA, extension 402. Now, back to our interview. So what kind of groups have you gotten endorsements from? Just people. Just people. Those are the best endorsements, though, uh, because they're the ones that are going to vote on Election Day. An endorser can only carry but one vote. Absolutely. <laughs> So as far as, you know, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, kitchen table politics. That, that That's really what, you know, just this morning, 9.1% inflation rate. Mm-hmm. Folks are really hurting. I, I You see it in their faces when they're purchasing gas. I, it, it, it really is hurting them. Can you dive deeper into that? What, what How do we fix that? I mean, it seems like a mountain. At, it's, it's growing at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, the Federal Reserve has taken action with raising interest rates. And that's one thing to do to help curb inflation. And then what you want to make sure is that they don't overreach in raising them, yeah. where it takes us into a recession like what we saw uh, with Paul Vorkudu, uh when he was Federal Reserve Chairman um, during the late 70s, though. Um, just my study of economics and history and politics, though. But uh, he drove interest rates over double digit, though. Next thing you know, you had double, you had double digits interest rates, you had double digit inflation as well, too. Uh, drove us into a recession. But we also need to be able to look at what we can do, too, to help people. Because for the person that's unemployed, do you really care about inflation as much? Except when you no. go to the store and you find that you can't buy as much with the unemployment check. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that, but you still would rather just get a job. Yes. And what we need to do is focus on the jobs. And what I, I really think what we need to do with, with our short or small majority in Congress is find ways to govern from the middle. Over the last two years, we had the infrastructure bill that we were able to pass, though. And that is jobs here for us, though, and helping to build our highways and roads. But there's also more that we can do if we can strip parts and work with Senator Manchin and say, what can we pass together? Over the last two years, what are your thoughts in terms of vision? Looking at what we didn't pass, what can we strip out of that to pass, though, of the Build Back Better uh, for for early childhood education, though, um, and, and, and different things that will help in education and job training and employment, though. And, and maybe if you have to do it one at a time, 
it's better to do one at a time than none at all. Yeah, exactly. Compromise. Right, and, and find out where we can work together. And, and, and that's probably what the president's going to have to do. Right. Joe's going to have to work with Joe. <laughs> Very good. So any closing thoughts? Well, what, what I want to tell you and stress, too, with my background experience, that I'm the only candidate in this race with a background in business and finance and politics. Um, I want to be able to leverage that for the benefit of the community. Uh, I could easily just sit here and coast to retirement, and but I decided to get up off the sofa, stop complaining, work to make a difference for people, get out there, meet them, go meet organizations. One of the things I like to do, I've gone to just about every chamber and visited or knocked on the door, put something on the door, <laughs> on the door if they haven't been there. Um, you know, the office hours have changed due to the pandemic. But put together a board of directors or council advisors of a representative from each different chamber of commerce. So that way I can know the pulse of the community from business side as well, because they work with small businesses. They work with businesses in the community. And part of my platform is a jobs, families, and communities-based platform for our economic prosperity and making sure that their small businesses have what they need. One of the things I talked about, not just the tax cuts for businesses, uh, investing in our community, creating jobs, economic development, housing, but also reducing the tax rate for small businesses, women, and minority-owned businesses as well, too. 21% tax rate. You're bringing home 79% before you even pay an employee. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so, so they hire so many people in the neighborhood. You go in any small business in your community, you stop in a store, they're hiring people right there in the neighborhood. And they're so vital, though, to help them as well, too. So uh, that's part of the platform to be able to put that Chamber of Commerce together. And uh, direct board of directors with the Chambers of Commerce. And then also another one with the caucuses, too. Black caucus, Hispanic caucus, women's caucus, all the different special interest caucuses as well, too. So that way, uh, I have a good understanding of what their needs are, meeting with them regularly, not just doing it for pie in the sky, but also for them to strengthen numbers, too. I did this when I was president of Colgate. I put together a board of directors. I had Black Student Union, Hispanic Student Union, Asian, as well as Middle Eastern, women at Colgate, Colgate Jewish Union as well, too. And then it was, we found that there was strength in numbers, though. We were, had so much interrelatedness in some of our historical oppression as well, too. That if someone was racist, they probably was sexist, well, say, well, it's like you're homophobic, though. We were all dealing with the same things, but also to create better awareness as well, too. Learning about each other's history. Not embracing, really, 20 years ago, critical race history. <laughs> Learning about each other. It doesn't, it's not trying to make people feel guilty. It's actually helping people to better understand each other, to better appreciate rather than to hate. Empathy. Know? Yeah. Empathy with each other. And then it builds support, though, you know, in each other's events, attending them also as well, too. Uh, having groups support one another, though. Uh, I find that when I'm visiting the chambers that a lot of their concerns that are really the same as well, too. So maybe putting together a board that meets with the chambers, meet with the chambers and meet with the caucuses. And then also at least once a, once a year or twice a year, a, a, a gathering of all of them together. Um, so making sure I know the interests of the community as well as the business of the community and working with the different groups, though. I think that's important. I've had a great opportunity working with people and sharing their, their concerns. And now it's up to me to be able to go out there and uh, win their support and win their vote. I'm Jeff Boone. I ask for your support for your vote, August 23rd. Vote Boone. Here you go. Thank you much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Nona.fm Meet the Candidates podcast. This is a free service of Nona.fm. If you are a registered candidate in a local political race, we invite you to join the conversation. Please reach out to Gabby at Nona.fm at 407-553-NONA, extension 402. This podcast has been produced by Gabriela Perez-Ortiz.